0: Well, tomorrow can be bigger Just grow let the world overflow you yeah. live my life bigger than yourself you're created for greatness live my life bigger
1: than yourself welcome to Live Big with Bishop Derek Rear Senior Pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. Visit gracechurchva.org for this message and to find out more about how you can grow in Christ. We serve a big God, and we believe that His Word calls for us to live big. So our prayer is that this broadcast empowers you to live a life so big that it blesses everyone and everything around you. Let's join Bishop Greer as we continue the teaching from our previous broadcast.
0: So, in the list of all the things that the manifest power of God is going to deal with, the final thing, the, 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 the thing that's left for God to finally manifest in the earth a complete victory over is death. Let's read it one more time. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. And what he's saying is at that point, physical death will no longer be possible for you or for, 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 for me. And, and he goes on and says, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye at the last, uh, trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be what? Changed. So he's saying there's coming a moment in, in history where human beings will be changed and, and, and we will become incorruptible and death will no longer uh, be an option. So Aunt Mary, Aunt Sue uh, will, will, will not be able to die. Uh, you will never lose a child. You will never lose a father. Uh, you, the Death, the last enemy of God, when Adam and Eve were created, by the way, death was not part of what God planned for us. Death was a result of the floor, fall. In the day you eat of this fruit, you shall what? Die or take of the tree. So uh, death came because of our sin. But since Jesus came to redeem us from sin, one of the final acts God's going to do is redeem us from the curse of death. Now, the thing that distinguishes Christianity from a lot of the other uh, world religions is a lot of the world religions have some contempt for the physical body. Not not our God. Our God created our bodies. And what's going to happen is let me just back up. When Jesus was was resurrected, he said, handle me for a spirit hath not flesh and bone as you see me had. So Jesus could be handled. He still had a temporal. Well, you no, know, he had an eternal body, uh, but it was it was physical. Let's put it that way. And God, we will still have physicality. Matter of fact, when we if if you die today and go to heaven, your spirit and your soul will go to be with the Lord. However, your body will, will 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 rest or sleep in the grave. But there's coming a day when God, he's not he's redeemed our spirits completely. And he's working, you know, the the reason you're in the word is for him to uh, renew your mind, your soul, uh, that type of thing. But there's coming a day, actually the Bible calls it our blessed hope when God will uh, resurrect our bodies. So we will have at that point immortal bodies. So what will happen if you die today, you you would go be with the Lord. So to be absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord. But when he returns, you will uh, be given a glorified body and you will have Uh, spiritual physicality. I don't know how to explain it all, but you will have a resurrected body. Jesus walked through a wall with a resurrected body. Jesus flew through the air with a resurrected body. It is going to be absolutely amazing. If the earth is amazing now with these dying bodies, these decrepit bodies, these bodies that get aches and pains, these bodies that, that get tired and and sweaty and all the rest. Imagine what life's going to be like when we no longer have those types of limitations. And that's part of the blessed hope. And this is this is why we don't walk away from our salvation. It's a big deal, uh, not only because Christ is worthy of our worship and praise and, and he's the way to the life and all that. But also, man, the life on the other side of this thing is going to be absolutely amazing. And there will be uh, physicality uh, to us. And physicality may not be the right word, uh, but there will be materiality. We won't just be phantoms absorbed into the universe. It's not that type of thing. That's not what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about us having resurrected body. Let me read verse uh, 54 of First uh, Corinthians 15. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought past the saying that is written: "Death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is your thing? O oh, Hades, Where is your victory? So this corruptible body is going to be changed. And it's going to put on immortality and incorruption. Incorruption means there's no weakness, no no corruption. I mean, something corrupt has been corroded and, and it's less than what it once was. Uh, so, you know, a corrupted file is a file that's not like it originally was. But God is going to remove all corruption and we're going to be incorruptible. Um, it's, it's going to be absolutely amazing. But, you know, when we give our lives to Jesus Christ, the spiritual part, is established. We are born again from above. We belong uh, to Christ in our spirit. But the final piece is the, our resurrected bodies. And, and that's why when, when Jesus comes, we, 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 we're going we, to be able to fly through the air and all that because we, we're not going to have limitations. It's going to be absolutely uh, amazing. Eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard, all that God's prepared for those who, who, who love him. Uh, Revelations 21 and 4 says this, and I'm going to get back to uh, Psalms 110. Are you learning? I hope you're, you're learning. And I hope I'm, I'm, I'm stretching some of your, your thinking here. And this is the promise of God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death. This is talking about when there's a new heavens, new earth, just like there's going to be a new heavens, new earth. You're going to get a new body. It's amazing. Nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away. So it's going to be absolutely amazing. Uh, You know, you get a body and you get a body. I mean, it's going to be amazing what God does. Uh, when he returns. Psalms 110, verse one. The Lord said to my Lord, Jehovah said to Adonai, sit at my right hand, share all my divine authority. Uh, and By the way, this is why we worship uh, Jesus, because the Lord said to my Lord, uh, God said to God, till I make your enemies your footstool. Now, kings at, at uh, in the ancient world, this particular time in history, uh, once they defeated a, an opposing uh, king, what they would do is they would publicly do this. They would make the king lie down on the ground and the conquering king would put uh, his foot on the neck of the king that has been conquered. That's important. So what he's saying here, um, a matter of fact, we should we should show you a relief right here. And you'll see at the bottom of the relief a head under that king's foot. So th- there's coming a day when, when all of God's enemies will be defeated, not only in the spirit realm, as they are today, demons are defeated in the spiritual realm that they, they have no victory in the realm of the spirit. And as we uh, uh, put our faith in Christ and and use our authority, uh, there are things we can do uh, to, to to stop uh, the adversary to operating in full measure uh, as he as he would would like to. But there's coming a day again. It won't just be a spiritual victory or just exists or primarily exists only in the spirit realm. But the entire earth itself is going to be full of God's glory. And uh, the knowledge of the Lord is going to cover the earth as the water of the seas. And it's just going to be an amazing moment where the manifest glory of God. In fact, when you look at your Bibles, you're going to discover that we're going to, you know, if you die today, you go to be with God in heaven. But actually, God's going to move heaven back to earth, heaven. And I don't know if it's back to earth, but to earth. Heaven's going to come to earth. And Jesus is going to rule from Jerusalem and people will come to worship. It's going to be an absolutely amazing thing. So right now, uh, the kingdom of God is very, very real. It's a real thing, but it hasn't reached its full manifestation. The kingdom of God will be fully manifest when Christ is reigning and ruling in uh, Jerusalem. All right. Verse two, the Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion out. David was prophesying that the Messiah, uh, when when he came, his authority would not be limited only to Israel, but uh, it will come from Israel, come from from, from, uh, Jerusalem, uh, but it would impact the whole globe. Uh, And this prophecy has been miraculously fulfilled already. Nothing has been fought harder than Christianity uh, or the Christian faith today but 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 still I rise and this is so so amazing you got to understand we're looking back it's like of course Christianity is a of world back then this was a, a a a a faith that was only taught and it wasn't even it wasn't taught in Rome I mean if it was taught in Rome that might make more sense maybe it would spread out to other parts of the world Israel was an occupied uh, nation. Um, it, it, <laughs> th- th- it was a, a weak nation, and then you have this 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 rabbi that is not a Roman. Uh, he, he's a Jew, uh, a despised person from a despised people, in a little area of Galilee, uh, not the center of the universe um, as far as the world's concerned. For this uh, itinerant and preacher to impact. The eons, I mean, to pack the millennia, you know, thousands of years to impact the whole world is absolutely amazing. Not only that, it was he wasn't like he was, you know, on a throne for 50 years or or built some great school. This is a guy that didn't live past 33 and he only spent, you know, three years at the most in literal ministry. And those three years changed the world's history. It is a marvel what was accomplished through Jesus Christ. And now Jesus is certainly in a different category. He's in a category by his own, but you still see the principle. Imagine what God could do with a yielded life. I mean, if we would really just yield our lives, it's amazing what we can accomplish. It wasn't how many years he lived. It wasn't how big a a platform he had. It, It wasn't how much money he had. It was none of those things. It was simply him being fully yielded to the father uh, committed to the work of of the even when it cost him to the work of the cross and uh you know god did incredible things that has changed the history uh of of the world okay the lord shall send the rod of your strength out of zion and rule in the midst of your enemies so we see here that um jesus's uh authority will not only be experienced in a future kingdom it can also be experienced on some level right now where god's enemies uh, still exist. So uh, I, don't, I don't know exactly how everything's going to work, you know, when the new Jerusalem comes out of heaven and all that. Uh, but I, I do know it's going to be awesome. And I know for the most part, until the devil's release uh, there aren't going to be any real enemies to, to, to God. So it seems that this verse is speaking to our lives uh, right now. So if we would uh, use our spiritual weapons like Paul did. Paul and Silas, when they were uh, in prison, they began to worship God. And guess what happened? There was an earthquake and, and they were set free. Uh, likewise, when Peter uh, was placed in prison, uh, God sent an angel and that angel uh, uh, released him and the chains fell off and he walked through the doors as if they were open. That, that whole thing um, all that was done because these men and women used their spiritual resources, their spiritual weapons. You know, Paul and Silas worshipped and and praised God, but but also uh, Paul, I'm sorry, uh, Peter uh, trusted God. He slept on the night that he was about to be killed the next day. And there was a tremendous amount of of faith there. So with that, as we use our spiritual weapons, uh, God can still do and will do absolutely amazing things. In verse three, your people shall be volunteers. Now you're like, what type of promise is that? But this is a huge Promise, And this is why we volunteer. And this is why we we give Uh, when you really know the goodness of our Messiah, when you really know the goodness of Jesus, you gladly participate and you gladly contribute to his work. Your people shall be volunteers. They won't have to be pushed at gunpoint. The preacher won't have to shout at them all the time. Uh, People won't always have to get mad at them to make them do things because they know the goodness of God. They will volunteer. They will give out of a willing and desirous heart. Why? Because our king is well worth it. Your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power. Now that term power there literally speaks of an army and God is raising up an army of uh, willing worshipers, an army of people that that love him and will lay down their lives to bring forth the praises of God. You know, it's one thing for the government to come and and conscript you or draft you and make you go to war. It's another thing to volunteer. And God is saying that he's going to create such a love in our hearts that we volunteer for service, even in the most difficult situations and, and, and with things that might cost us the very, very most. And then he continues in the beauty of holiness. According to Scripture, watch this. Holiness is beautiful. Now, people have made it. Ugly, But according to scripture, holiness is beautiful. So if what you call holiness um, uh, that doesn't make you more attractive, it's not uh, the type of holiness that the Bible is speaking of in the beauty of holiness. Then it goes, says from the womb of the morning, which is really at first light. What happened is. David got so excited, he started waxing poetic by the Holy Spirit. So he starts talking about the beauty of holiness. See, see we start talking about holiness. People, oh, they start backing up. You have no idea. It is absolutely beautiful. If you want to be a beautiful lady, get all the makeup and everything, but get some holiness. You know, And that 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 will, will cause a light to shine out of you like you've never imagined. And that's what he says in the next verse. From the womb of the morning, which is really uh, first light. So those who have accepted the Messiah, those who have accepted Jesus as Lord, not just another prophet, not just another influential figure, but as Lord, they, they will beam. There will be a light that radiates from their lives and, and personality. You have the dew of your youth, and the the dew of youth really speaks of you know. Dew is the first. You know, in the morning you, you get to do and you start you, you sit, you feel it on the ground. Um, youth speaks of strength. So it's fresh uh, strength. And, you know, everyone else is, is going to be tired. You know, everyone else is going to be uh, a little bit overcome. Everyone else is going to be down in the mouth. Everyone else going to be upset. But you're going to do strong and you're going to do exploits because you know you're God. Then it said the Lord has sworn and will not uh, relent, meaning you can't say, you, you can't change what, what God's about to say about Jesus here. So pay attention here. Just one more verse. I know I'm taking a, a little time here, but you're, you're learning, growing, you're being exposed to some truth that's super important. And what happens in settings like this, we go over it, you don't get it all, but the next time you get more, the next time you get more, the next time you get more, and finally it's like yeah, I got, I got an image of life beyond this world. I have a image you know, we're, we're lifting weights and we're eating all this right food, trying to you know, take care of these bodies, but I I think we don't realize that God has an incredible body on the other side. And uh, even if it costs us this body to receive the new body, dear God, it is well worth it. Uh, Verse four, the Lord has sworn and will not relent. Meaning again, you can't change what God is about to say about Jesus. Watch what he says. This is this is this is oath. Okay, you are a priest forever. Did you hear that? Jesus today is a priest forever, not for a minute, not five minutes, not only as long as you have a need, but how long? Forever, meaning this cannot change. God will never, ever, ever, five zillion years from now, he will be a priest still. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Now, in Hebrews chapter seven, uh, the New Testament develops this, this concept of the, the Melchizedek uh, uh, priesthood, but this is important. Because, you know, Aaron's priesthood was a little bit complicated. Melchizedek's priesthood was before the law. It's so important. Before the law. And it was very, very, very simple. And I've learned with God that when it's complicated, I don't get it yet. But when God makes it simple, that's, I, I probably have a revelation of the right thing. So Jesus is a priest. So if you want to know Jesus today, I'm talking about the resurrected Jesus. Okay. The resurrected Jesus, if you want to know him, if you want to know what he's doing, it's revealed in these scriptures. He is a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. What is the order? You know, that means that the order are the list or lets you know the, the specific things that that group of people does. In this case, a single person does. So. Jesus does not function in heaven right now. As Aaron, or in the order of Aaron, he functions in the order of Melchizedek. Am I in the book? Okay. The only thing, this is important, it's real simple. The only thing Melchizedek did in the Bible is real simple. And you can go to Genesis and take a look at it yourself. All he did was offer a covenant meal to Abraham. Um, you can liken it to communion today, but the covenant meal. And through Melchizedek, through Jesus, we are in covenant with God. He offered a covenant meal. The other thing he did is he received the tithe. He received 10% from Abraham. By the way, this is before the law. So tithing was established before the law. So even though the law was fulfilled in Christ, it would continue uh, in that respect. You don't have to if you don't want to, but uh, there is a blessing. It's it's your option. And I have chosen for the last 30 plus years of my life to, to operate in the blessing of the tithe. So. Uh, The only thing he does, again, is offer the covenant meal. Uh, Secondly, he receives the tithe. But third, the third thing he does, he blessed Abraham. Likewise, the primary thing that Jesus does in heaven today is offer us a covenant with God. Pay attention. He receives our sacrifices and he blesses us. It's so simple. You need a couple of degrees to get confused. Uh, He's a priest in the order of Melchizedek. And if you want to know what your priest does, uh, go to Genesis where we see what Melchizedek does, because that's what Jesus does today. Verse five. And I'm done. The Lord is at your right hand. I'm going to stop here because this the second half of this psalm uh, really uh, what it does is follows Jesus or the king or the Lord Adonai uh, into battle in the last days. But watch what it says. It says he shall execute kings in the day of his wrath. Now, this is where we have to make sure our image of Christ lines up with the picture that's painted in the body uh, in the Bible. I'm sorry. And what we've done is we've conveniently twisted Jesus into a person. He's not. Now, Jesus um, is loving, kind. He's absolutely uh, amazing. But there is a point where he says enough. And and you need to understand, though, even even what I just read, when Jesus executes wrath, this is a man who has holes in his hands, holes in his feet. This is a man that took a beating on our behalf. So this is a man that said, you know what? I laid it all down for you. I mean, I've given you every option. Basically, it's like we were uh, going to drive off a cliff. He said, listen, the only way you're going to get over that cliff is over my dead body. But we go thud and, and, and we go over the cliff. Jesus is not willing that any should. Um, uh, perish. He wants all of us to repent and come to him. But there comes a point when we don't, the troubler has to stop troubling. And at some point there has to come a time where we don't have to lock our doors anymore, where, where we don't have to be concerned about things being stolen. We lied, lied on and cheated and all the rest. The the, the only way he can do that is separating the, the righteous uh, from the wicked. And here's the, th- the deal. It's not that good people go to heaven. It's that forgiven people go to heaven. And if you're humble enough to receive forgiveness, the mercy of God, and let God change you from the inside, how you too can uh, uh, receive all the benefits that Jesus came to give us. Um, the Lord is at your right hand. He shall execute kings in the day of his what? Wrath. Now, this is important. You can sign up for wrath or stay signed up for wrath if you want to, because all of us deserve it. all of us. You, me, the person next to you, the person across the street from you. All of us deserve wrath. We've all messed up. We all we all uh, didn't do better when we, we knew better. We all deserve punishment. But here's the deal. God offers us a choice, two choices, life and death. Hey, I could deal with you as your sins deserve. or I could give you grace and favor. It's amazing. We're like, you know what? Oh, that ain't right for you to, to, to say that. I got to come to you to get mercy. I'm, I'm, I'm going to trust myself. It's like, here's the choice. You could trust in yourself, your own merits. Or you could receive mercy based on the death of my son. Jesus paid the price. And if you want to pay the price, go ahead and pay the price. I don't want you to pay the price. But here's the deal. God is just. Yes, he's love. But love includes justice. And just like today, we're talking about social justice, all the rest. There's a cry for justice. And it's amazing how all of a sudden when it comes to our sins, no, no, no justice, no justice. But but we're out there protesting and picking and talking about justice, justice. Which one is it? Love is just and uh, God is loving and he is just. Uh, I used this analogy maybe years ago and, and I'm going to wrap up uh, with this. There was a, a kid that was speeding and uh, it was some southern town, and, and he was caught by the police officer, and uh, he he came before the judge, and uh, what what was interesting is the judge was the kid's father, and uh, uh, people were like wondering how is the judge going to handle this case? It was, you know it was one judge town. There was no other judge you know in, in the town, and uh, you know just like everyone was interested in what was going to happen, so. The kid is brought before the father. The father puts on his black robe, sits down. And the, the officer, arresting officer, um, actually, I guess he must have been doing, doing more than speeding because he's being arrested. So I don't know what he was doing. But anyway, he was doing some stuff. OK. And he got caught He's before the judge. And uh, I was going to have to spend the night in prison for whatever he was, uh, whatever he did or jail. So uh, the judge put on his robe and said guilty. But then the judge took off his robe, reached into his pocket, and paid his son's debt so he didn't have to go to jail. So God has to judge sin. But God also provided payment for our judgment. And that's the God we serve. He didn't have to reach into his pocket. He could say, Boy, you need to learn a lesson. God, in his grace, reached in, grabbed his son. Now, listen, he didn't just grab coins. And you, you, you could take anything. But don't, don't mess with my children. He gave us his only begotten son. And he wasn't just, you know, on earth for a minute. He was tortured and tormented. There's a, the price Jesus paid was, was was absolutely amazing. And for God to pay that type of price for our release and for us to reject it is the worst form of insult. And once you reject the Christ, there's really no other hope for
1: forgiveness. This is the Live Big broadcast with Derek Rear. We pray that you were inspired to think big, do big, and live big. Our goal is to compel you to live in a way that overflows and blesses those around you. We invite you to meet us online for vibrant worship and strong Bible teaching each Sunday and Wednesday on social media or gracechurchva.org. You can also tune in to the Live Big broadcast on television. So check your local TV listings or visit gracechurchva.org for the broadcast schedule. That's all the time we have. But until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big.